Get ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show, your new fix of Friday Night Sport. Welcome to the bench. Good to have you back for the second hour here of the bench on Triple H 100.1 FM. Uh, Thank you to the team just before uh, he went for the AFL action. Uh, I'm excited for the games that are coming our way this weekend, but it's time to jump across to the rival code and talk all things NRL and what a special round it is in NRL women in league round this week. The action started last night with the storm accounting for the Raiders in the end. And there's a game happening right now between the dragons and the Panthers. We'll talk about that as we go through the rounds and the games that are coming up for the rest of the weekend. But we've brought in the best of the best when it comes to rugby league uh, knowledge <laughs> that we know. Uh, yes, no, it's not Keith Topolsky. Uh, it's not the best community analyst in the business. We've got someone with uh, far better, uh, a bigger and better reputation than his. Uh, we are, of course, joined very, very, very lucky to be joined by Mary Kay Constantopoulos from Ladies Who League. Um, Mary, thanks for joining us here on the bench. Good evening to you. Uh, how's your week been and uh, how are you feeling about the footy ahead this weekend? What an introduction. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, when people ask how I'm doing, I'm also based in Sydney. I also, I always ask how honest do you want me to be at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, very grateful to have a job, a supportive partner, live in a lovely part of Sydney and have heaps of footy to look forward to. So just to anyone listening out there, I hope you're all doing okay. Hope you're being safe and just take care of yourself and the people around you. Well, Mary, it's good to have you on board. As we mentioned, it's a special uh, round this week uh, with women's women in league. Obviously, it, it, with all the special rounds in the NRL this season, they've kind of not as strong as they could be, considering you know um, that they've been playing most games in front of zero crowds up in Queensland now. Um, but it's still a special. Um, round regardless but before i get to that just before the show started um you said that we can ask you anything so Uh i'm going to ask you one thing because we've uh we gave andrews uh, a bit of crap about it at the start what's going on with your paramatta paramatta reels mate they're in in all sorts clint garverson doesn't want to stay yet last i heard what's what's the goss yeah look i can't give you any goss what i'll say is i feel like paramatta is one of these clubs that generates headlines so whenever something's going wrong, they're a very easy story to tell. But what I, I guess want to share is that I feel like Parramatta's in a little bit of a difficult position. I mean, when you look at where we're sitting on the ladder, we're top four. So, like, as fans, we should be pretty happy. But I guess the challenge for the club has been, like, can we take that next step? Have we got a coach that can take us past week two of the finals? And I guess if you make the hard decision at the end of the year, if Brad Arthur isn't the person to do that, you certainly run the risk of getting you a coach that, you know, you don't even make the top eight at all. So they're in a really tricky position. Um, I thought we'd know a little bit more after their game against the Roosters. I thought we'd win that one. We've really got to beat Manly this weekend. Otherwise, I'm very, very worried. There's a few people on this uh, show that would probably disagree with you on that one. That game is obviously the blockbuster blockbuster matchup on Saturday. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, first of all, before we get through to the games, first of all, I want to talk about you know women in league round with yourself. Uh, as I mentioned, it's a it's a great occasion once every year. Most teams have a a, a specialised jersey um, that they that they wear in, whether that be wearing the the, the jersey that a lot of the women's sides wear now. Um, you know, there's 
obviously the NRLW is is not too far around the corner as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about your experience in, in in women in league and where um you know you kind of <laughs> see its kind of place inside uh the 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 NRL rounds. Yeah, for sure. So I suppose I started my media company, Ladies Who League, about eight years ago. And it was all about, at that point, encouraging more women to get involved in conversations about the game, but also celebrating the women that were visible to me. And at that point, that mainly extended to women in the media, women as fans and volunteers, and women in the administration. So eight years ago, despite being a passionate footy fan, I didn't know that women played rugby league and I didn't know that Australia had a women's team named the Australian Gillaroos. So flash forward eight years later and women are everywhere in the game. They really are. We've got female referees. Our fans and volunteers continue to make a huge contribution, as do our administrators. And now we have an NRLW as well. So little boys and girls across the country grow up just thinking it's very normal for men and women to play rugby league, as it should be. Now, I guess with women in league round, like, it's changed over the years. And I think we're sort of starting to get to a point where we may not need it anymore. But I guess I think we're at a point where, you know, I want to encourage fans to think about women in league round as an opportunity to celebrate the women in the game, but also think about how they can progress the gender equality conversation throughout the year and also how they can support women in footy. Um, the final thing that I'll say before I let you ask the next question is that this year I actually think it's a really, really important time to celebrate the families of our players, the sisters, the mothers, the wives, because we know that the last two years have been challenging. The Warriors have had to move countries. Clubs have had to relocate at the drop of a hat. And behind the scenes there are families that have really been impacted. So this women in league round, I think it's really important that we celebrate those families and thank them for their contribution. And in, in in terms of that, what you're talking around that family, um, I noticed earlier today you had a piece drop on NRL.com. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, or um, uh, I see your name here, so it, uh, it must be your <laughs> article. So uh, it must be your article that I can see here. Uh, you know, tell us a little bit, give us a bit of a preview into the article for the people listening in um, who might want to go and have a read. Yeah, absolutely. As I just spoke about, I think. The real opportunity this woman in league round is to think about what you can do as a fan to progress that gender equality conversation. So I basically give you some really, really easy tips. And I think one of the easiest tips that I can give people is to get their bum on a seat. So we've touched on the NRLW already. We know that it's going to be a standalone competition this year. It's not going to be alongside the men's final series. So fans have a really great opportunity to show the NRL that this is a competition that we love and that we value and that we want to keep seeing grow. So if we're allowed, I would encourage as many people as, they, as you can to, you know, get out there. Even if you don't have a team, you can adopt one. And if you can't get to a game, then turn your television on because one way that the competition is going to grow is through revenue and a great way to do that is through broadcast money and sponsorship arrangements. Let's talk about the NRW while we have you, Mary, and I'm sure we might, we'll probably, if we can, get you on board for when the season starts. Um, branched into, you know, going to taking the next step this year, bringing in a couple of new teams. You know, what are your thoughts on it sort of standing alone, the teams that have been selected to play? Um, you know, they've brought in the, uh, the Gold Coast uh, Titans and the Parramatta Eels this year, I believe. You know, once again, kind of glossing over maybe some of those two couple of teams who have been kind of around for a while in the women's game in Souths and in and in Cronulla and Sutherland. 
Um, what are your sort of thoughts on the season? Uh, is it the right time to start expanding to the new teams, or is it? Would you did you think maybe perhaps it needed another year just with the four teams that are run uh, um, in the team competition at the moment? It's a great question because had you asked me this question at the start of the year, if you'd asked me how do you think it's going to expand, I would have said I think they'll double the rounds this year, meaning each team will play each other twice yeah. and we'll have an announcement about which teams will be introduced into the competition next year. Now, we know that that's not quite what the NRL has done and I think in the middle of the year when the new teams were announced, you know, it, it created some challenges. I mean, we saw some challenges about players not wanting to leave to go to other clubs. And I think part of that challenge was because it all happened quite quickly. Now that the competition's been postponed, we have a lot more time. Teams are getting their rosters together. I think an extra, it's funny, it's an extra two teams, but technically three teams. We lost the Warriors and have gained the Knights, the Eels and the Titans. It's good that I think all those teams represent different regions. So we have women being given the opportunity to play. And, John, to your point about South and even, say, the Cronulla Sharks, I'm hopeful that we'll see those teams, you know, come in, into play in the future. But I guess the benefit of the NRLW is that it's a, clean st- it's a clean slate and we don't necessarily have to follow exactly where the men's teams are. So there might be an opportunity in the future to have sort of clubs that represent different and new areas. Maybe Perth. Well, I'd love to see that myself, but... An interesting one this week was that uh, the AFL has come out and announced that they're going to, in the next season or two, actually have one women's team per club. Yes, that's right. They'll have 18 mm-hmm. sides um, coming up in the next couple of years. Does that mean that the, the NRL has to fast track uh, the, uh, the the NRLW to um, match that and try and make sure that in the next three, four, five years that it's the same and we have all 16 teams represented? Or do you think they need to follow their own path and make sure they have the player numbers before they see that sort of expansion that the AFLW is seeing? So what I would say is that I think it's totally okay for each sport to take a different path. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to this question. So if I think about the AFLW... What my observation has been is that there have been a lot of fans probably wrongly criticising the quality of the competition, and that may be a concern with adding the additional teams. What I would say with the NRLW is that the focus has always been on ensuring that we create a sustainable, marketable, exciting competition. And I don't think I've seen many complaints about the quality of the NRLW, So I think it's totally okay to take it slow and steady because in my mind, the most important thing is the pathway. And what we're starting to see now in the likes of a woman like Emily Curtin, who will be playing for the Parramatta Eels this year, is that that's a woman that's come through the Tasha Gower competition for the West Tigers, progressed to Harvey Normans, and now is playing in the NRLW. And that's the pathway that we want to see. And if we think about how good some of our current NRLW players are, the likes of, say, an Ali Brigginshaw, um, the likes of, you know, a Millie Boyle. They're women that didn't have the benefit of a full pathway. So imagine what the next generation is going to look like. It's, it's going to be a fantastic season. Um, I think it's going to be, um, uh, uh, like you said, a, a step in the right direction. Uh, uh, my personal opinion, I, I think perhaps we... There may it might be quite lopsided. I think we'll see the likes of uh, of Brisbane really dominate again, and maybe some of those newer sides struggle. But as it tends to be 
when those new competitions sort of arise and 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 come into the fore. But I'm sure we'll talk about that more when we uh, <laughs> when the season comes around. But right now, I want to quickly move over to while well, we've got some time, while we've got you on the show, Mary. Talk for the NRL's uh, Women's League ground and the matches that are coming up um, this weekend. Obviously, um, yesterday night, the Melbourne Storm. Well, look, got the job done, but. I tell you what, uh, to everyone on the call, as Mizzy points his finger at me, he wants to have, <laughs> yeah, he wants to say something. He's got something to say. You got something to say about this game, Mizzy, or a question? In, no, sorry, I, a question. I do have something to say about this game, and and I think there's been a lot of people saying that yes, that um, Melbourne they've, they've won so many games in a row, and that um, yeah, that there's some sort of fatigue to that, and they're just getting close to a getting close to a loss, and that's sort of how they're describing. Uh, their performance against Canberra. I think there's a lot of people that aren't taking into account what what Melbourne had to put in against Manly last Saturday night. Uh, they probably would have had to play a lot harder than they have against a lot of the other clubs um, that they have faced throughout the season. Then they're having the short turnaround, only five days, Saturday to Thursday night, to take on a Canberra team who can be pretty physical. Um, so I think that there was a lot of a lot of um, physical and mental um, energy taken out of that Melbourne side, not having that turnaround um, that did also contribute uh, to their performance. Look, we know how good they are. We, we know they're going to get the job done, but they certainly uh, didn't look like the team that was playing against Manly uh, only a few days beforehand. No, they, they, they were pretty uh, ordinary last night, the Storm, but they got the job done against a very much depleted Raiders side, uh, which pretty much is being carried by Jack Whiten at the moment. But they're still in finals contention if results go their way uh, this weekend. And one of the results that they need to go their way is happening as we speak. The Panthers are well on top against the Dragons, as we thought would be the case um, easily uh, going through the motions uh, with Nathan Cleary back at the helm and, Mary, almost uh, in a very professional-like way, timing their finals run to a T, this Panthers team, now with these uh, stars returning from injury. Certainly, and they'll be feeling really refreshed heading into the finals. And if I sort of look at the teams at the moment sitting in the top eight, I'm pretty resigned to the fact that it's going to be either Penrith or Melbourne who win the grand final. I may be surprised, but um, to me, they've been the two standout teams this year. Yeah, they've yeah. been ahead of each other above. Come in, Andrew, sorry. Shane and Andrew, do you have anything to say, Andrew? I was literally going to say what you say, Dom. I do agree with that. And I think the fact that the Penrith Panthers are slowly getting their players back from injury, they've had a little bit of a state of origin sort of period where they've just tried to get themselves back into the form. I think they're going to start clicking in the last couple, uh, couple of weeks. Just seeing them as well, putting 28 points on the Dragons so far in that game is probably a good sign that their attack is starting to click. And if Nathan Cleary comes back, it's going to be really good for them as well. Well, Nathan, well, Nathan does have, is playing in this game, but everyone has to remember, Nathan has a severely damaged shoulder from that subluxation injury from origin if anyone's seen how jonathan thurston used to have his shoulder strapped up that is about a fifth of how tight that shoulder is strapped up under his jersey you can see the bulge in the in the in the arm from where the strapping is across the back of the jersey as well it's not the 
it's not the best look when it comes to Nathan, but obviously Penrith are desperate. They don't, they want to stay in that top two. They don't want to be losing it to South Sydney. And dare I say it, maybe to someone in the top four, maybe like a Manly coming through or something like that. But Mary, sorry, I can't can't agree with you on the final. Melbourne, yes, 100%. The only other team I can see possibly beating Melbourne, and I know we got beaten by them last week, but I think the Seagulls are probably the only side at the moment apart. See, can I raise something controversial? Go for it. Go on quickly. Oh, surprise, surprise. Look, I think on Tommy T, I think he's having an exceptional season. I absolutely do. But I think there's a lot of people talking about how it's been the greatest season ever. I think the new rules have contributed to his dominance. And I don't dispute that he's probably the best player in the league right now. But I don't know, best season of all time. I think that might be a bit over the top. Well, I think it, I think I know which season you're probably thinking is the best season of all time. And I think there it involves. I think it involves. <laughs> 2009 might be one of them. Let's move on to the next game uh, that's tonight uh, and brush over it relatively quickly. Well, this was the upset of the season in the reverse fixture last time out. It was the last time Tevita Pangai Jr. actually played a good game. Broncos will play the Roosters. Um, The Roosters were, I think, pretty good last week against Penrith, but probably just didn't have the cattle in the end to go with them, probably missing... Uh, a couple of key players that, you know, they've been decimated by injury this year, but you'd think that they won't allow themselves to, to get beaten by the Broncos and they'll 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 find themselves sort of pushing for a top four spot, especially considering um, how fast uh, Parramatta and, uh, and uh, is falling out of, the, out of the top eight at the moment. So if anyone wants to jump in there, please Roosters feel free for to. for me as well, and I think should they make the top four, it just speaks to what an incredible coach Trent Robinson is. I mean, they have been decimated by injury, and their two co-captains have been forced to retire this year. Like, they have lost a lot. And if we think about how other teams have struggled with injury, the Roosters just keep showing up and keep getting the two points. Oh, they they certainly do. It, it is interesting to see. The, you see a lot of the other teams falling off that have – those sort of injuries, but the Roosters, like Melbourne, they have that next man, man up mentality, and they can just um, they can just fill in, and they can um, do the job of the person that they're replacing. It's really interesting to see. I do think this is a competition that's sort of split up now. You sort of, I think the top three are locked in, four, five, and six. I think could finish anywhere in that four, five, or six, and then it's going to be the best of the rest to make up that top eight. We'll go to the next game Saturday afternoon, uh, and look, we'll gloss over these two relatively quickly. Uh, I mean, this one is a big game. To be fair, um, Rabbitohs uh, will play the Gold Coast Titans um, once again. The Gold Coast Titans have strung a couple of wins together against teams that they should easily beat, um, and have found themselves majestically in, in inside that top eight. Uh, all of a sudden, they play Souths, who have who have been pretty strong and are just doing what they need to do to be uh, in that top four come the end of the year, finish third, probably lose to Melbourne in the first week of the finals and then <laughs> and then go through to the uh, through to the, the preliminaries after that in, in whichever way they do it because that seems to be the, the method in which they take it at the moment. Um, they play the Titans. A quick tip from everyone here in this one, um, quick, uh, briefly, uh, I'm going with South, so I think they'll, uh, they'll account for the Titans. Me too. I think the Titans have struggled against teams when things don't go their way. 
and they've managed to beat teams below them on the ladder, this is a real test for them this weekend. It's South a- should win. Sorry, yeah. South should win, but obviously congratulations to Adam Reynolds for breaking the South Sydney club record of Eric Sims last weekend to have only been there for 12 years and to have broken a record that stood for almost 80. Congratulations to to Adam, but it's just a shame that he has to go to Brisbane next year to continue his NRL career. I, I think, again, I, I have oh, to tip oh. the Rabbitohs, but... It's going to be in, it's going to be one for the Rabbitohs, but it's going to be in, it's going to be one for the Titans though. If they can do a job here, it's just going to cement their position, trying to um, get seventh or eighth. I think for any of those teams that are sort of between seventh and sort of eleventh, any win they can jag now is just going to help them make the finals. We'll go to the next game, and uh, well, this is it. It's do or die for both of these teams if they want any chance of making the finals. I mean, the Cowboys were pretty much done and dusted last week. The Tigers kept their slim hopes alive, uh, and a win tonight, uh, sorry, on Saturday, will still put them within a mathematical chance pending results that went there, if they go their way this weekend, especially either the Knights or Cronulla slip up. But they've still got to get past the Cowboys, which they struggled to do. Well, obviously, the Knights and the Sharks will play each other. So um, the Tigers have got a chance here. The draw is, it has favoured them, but they have been so awful all year. <laughs> Isn't it ridiculous that these teams still have a chance of making the finals? Like, we are so going to probably see number eight come in with more losses than wins. Like, what has happened to the competition? There's well, six that, good teams. That's it. That, that, ha- that has been an issue for the last two or three years since the well probably since 2017 where seven and eight has actually has been a you know losing season but still makes it because there has to be an 18 final which times honestly i don't think it should be as we see in the super league obviously it's only a top six or go back to the old days you want to go retro and you go back to a top five earn your right to be there have a winning season. Don't give teams an encouragement award because, oh, yeah, you can play finals because you're one of the better sides with a losing regular season record. We'll I guess to, I guess the difficulty in, in that situation – sorry. Um, I guess the difficulty in that situation not having a top eight is a lot of these teams aren't playing with motivation. So it does give the lower team something to motivate. Um, I do think the Cowboys are a chance, though, in this game. Um, I think they could spoil the Tigers once again. No, so I'm Cow- Cowboys. So Cowboys will lose this because Tamalolo's out with a broken hand again. So, yes, Tom, your side's going to win this weekend. <laughs> well, well, we shall see. Let's go to the important one that we all want to talk about here, though. It is the uh, well. It's become a new bench rivalry. Uh, funnily enough. Sea Eagles will play the Eels, uh, both sides coming off uh, losses last week. But uh, I tell you, there's, you know, only really one team that's in form at the moment, and that's the Manly Seagulls off the back of Tom Trebojevic. Um But Parramatta have got to string it together at some point, and if it's against the arch rivalry, the old foe, then surely this is the time to turn it on. Um, but by geez, they're going to have to... Uh, Think of a way to do that some uh, some way or somehow. 
It is Mid the time to turn on. to turn it on, but I'm still tipping Manly. The only Mid question, the question I'll ask Mary, because she being the expert of the two Parramatta fans here, since that, since the first game out at Bankwest, obviously on the day that Bob Fulton passed away, do you believe that's when Parramatta's downward spiral really started? Because they were going really well up until that particular weekend, and then, but since then, it's just basically fallen apart. Am I, would I be incorrect in assuming that? Not just oh, because I'm a Manly fan, but just in general? Look, I feel like the Canberra game had more of an impact, but I guess the other thing that I'll say is that whilst I've been disappointed with the performances, I'm trying to be really careful and not judge these players too much. Given the lockdown situation, I mean, each player will respond differently. I know I'm definitely not operating at my best at the moment, so... In a way, I can kind of forgive the players for not being at their best, but I would more more liken it to the Canberra game. I'd be keen on other people's thoughts. I, I still think Shane a downward a downward spiral is an interesting uh, assessment. Seeing they're in fourth, like <laughs> I mean, if, if I was on a downward spiral, I was still in fourth, I'd I'd be very happy with how life was going. But um, it, it'll be an interesting game. Well, I think they're... I think it comes down to. Uh, Who's actually the, the the replacements for both sides? I think Reed Maoney's going to be a big out. Joey Lussick's going to have to play the game of his life uh, to to really fill in in that number nine slot. Manly are going to be losing a bit up front as well. Um, no Spifey, uh, uh, no um, Alloy. Oh, sorry, Alloy is playing, but they, they have a couple out as well. Yeah, it's Toff Sipley's out for yeah. suspended for. A week and Tanyal Paseka has a, of. As a as a grade three Cinder's Moses injury, so he'll be up for probably three to four weeks. Come back in, come back in for finals, where you'll have Carl Lawton coming straight into the starting lineup. Alloway, like as you said, he'll come straight into Paseka's role, and on the bench you've got the youngest of the three turbos in Ben Trebojevic in the extended bench, and also Jack Kazuski. So yeah, well he said yeah it, it is. It, they they have named Curtis Siren and and Kurt DeLewis on the uh, on the bench. They're going to have to play some some good minutes in the middle. Um, Jake Travoyevich probably have to play some rotation at prop as well. But they're going to be big holes for Manly to fill. So I think it's going to be whoever can fill it. But unless Para can stop Tommy Turbo, I don't think there's 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 much else that uh, Para can do here to uh, try and get the two points. The one thing that I think is really bad for Mel for Parramatta, correct me if I'm wrong here, Mary, losing RGC, Regan Campbell-Gillard, to to injury, correct me if I'm wrong, he's out for a few weeks, probably not, if not season. He's been one of their best forwards alongside of young Papali this year from what I've seen. But Yeah, I would agree with that. I think RCG's out until the finals, but... Is Tommy Turbo playing? Did I read that he's out, or am I making that up? Did I see that in no, the hallucination? Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's wishful <laughs> thinking. <laughs> Maybe I did <laughs> dream about it last night. I dreamt about it. Like, there you oh, he's go. not playing. He's injured. <laughs> there you no. go. I dreamt about it. <laughs> uh, it's time to move to the next game uh, and wrap up the, the, the Sunday fixtures. Um, first up, it's the Warriors versus the Bulldogs. The Warriors have kept their slim hopes alive with two very, very hard-fought wins against uh, the West Tigers and Cronulla, and now they get the understrength Bulldogs. So they're in prime position as well to 
potentially make a uh, uh, an unlikely miraculous uh, finals push um, yeah. in, in that one. And then the final game of the round, um, the Sharks will play the Knights in a game which is a, a must-win for both sides. And I think if either one of them was to win, they might actually put themselves in pole position to be in that top eight uh, come round uh, 25. Everybody, a quick tip from those two games. Who do you think is going to win those matches? I think the I'm think i going the Warriors, and I'm also going to go the Knights. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you there, Mary. Uh, the Bulldogs, as much as uh, they want to think that they, they've found some form at the end of the year, they haven't. They're always going to be hamstrung having uh, Trent Barrett as a coach. But um, this uh, <laughs> this uh, 4 o'clock game, I think it's going to be really close. But I think now the Knights, you see them finally starting to have the Ponga and the Pierce and the Braley all coming together. Uh, Jake Clifford, I think, is underrated as well. So I think that's, that spine there is going to get them across the line and uh, do enough against the, uh, we didn't mention it, but the uh, the um, Will Chamberless Sharks. They probably actually enjoyed seeing that he wasn't named. For me, I'm going to go Warriors in Golden Point. I don't think they're going to go anywhere near close to Shay, when I really said a winning. quick when I said a quick tip, I didn't mean how are they going to win it, when, what the minute they're going to win it. I went at night, which was yes or no. Well, not 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 an entire diagram how the game was going to play out. <laughs> quick tip. <laughs> we got more to talk about. Mary wants to go. It's late. She's hungry. It's Friday night. <laughs> okay, Warriors, Golden Point, and Newcastle. Yes, there we go. Thank that you. That was quick. Thank that you. Was better. Why, Andrew? Why Newcastle for me? Yes, there we go. Quick tip. No, I wanted to talk about these games. They don't mean anything. Uh, they, they, well, they do mean something, but they're, they're not. They're not. They're not the Sunday fixtures that you were hoping for. Let's just put it that way. No. And as we've mentioned about the quality of the teams outside of the top six. Um, I think anything's up for grabs at the moment. Well, that's all we've got time to talk for in the NRL. My big thanks to Mary Kay for joining us. Hopefully we won't be the last time we uh, have you on the show. Uh, hopefully you can have you back on, maybe talk some NRLW, which um, we all know is uh, not too far away. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Stay safe and look forward to catching up at the footy soon. You too, mate. So time to move on. It's uh, the last segment of the night. The English Premier League is back and we have got a special competition being brought back to life to settle some old feuds. Stay with us for the championship rounds here on the bench.